Well, as Lyle mentioned, this is the last week in our series, and it's been my intent, and it still is my intent, to keep, we're going to come full circle, come back to where we began eight weeks ago. But I'd like to put a bit in context, if I may. Uh, I am, like many of you, I'm very saddened about this week. Um, Scott Spronk left us unexpectedly. Um, a young girl whose family I do not know left us unexpectedly. And then yesterday, Lisa Akers, wife of Steve, mother of Benjamin and um, Derek, left us. So as I think about the circle of love and the series on relationships, I do so with a heavy heart. Because, um, well, really frankly, the longer I live, the older I live, the longer I'm a pastor, 43 years now, umbrella of mercy here, I don't really have much time for the trivial things of life. You know, spend the afternoon in the ER yesterday, and being with Steve and his friends, I'm just struck by the reality that life is very, very brief. Sympathy, sprunks. Life is so brief, and my concern as one of your pastors is that we're, we're, we're playing the game of life instead of living in the fullness of the circle of love. To, to come out of the emergency room and be with Steve and friends, you just get a, <laughs> what is important in life? And what I'm gonna share again this morning, coming full circle where we've been, is what's important in life. I wrote a sentence this morning, early. I've been up since three, thinking about all these things, and this is the sentence I wrote. So I'm gonna apply it to each of us. The way each of us lives now is almost completely controlled by what we believe about the future. Let me say it again. The way we live now is almost completely controlled by what we believe about the future. And if we don't have the circle of love clearly embedded into our heads and living out of it, we will find ourselves living, in Ron's words last Sunday, in the small story. And the small story is what makes me feel good, what makes me happy, what makes me whatever makes me. And the bigger picture is God loves us and wants an eternal relationship with us starting right now. I, I just saw John, he break my mind, just popped. So in the midst of all the grief that we're living with the community, let me tell you something that's happened very quietly and suddenly, beautifully, on college campuses. There are college students gathering in chapels and on campuses for hours and for days. And they're so mindful of the presence of God that they don't want to leave. They're experiencing something so beautiful so meaningful, something far beyond genital sexuality. And our culture keeps elevating for us, you cannot be happy if one does not have a great sex relationship. 
And that's a lie. That's a lie. So what I'm trying to go after today with you is inviting you, could we take steps again into the circle of love? That you are deeply known and loved by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one, one in three. It's a, one, more, one more thing. Why were we created? The answer is simple. This God who creates galaxies, hundreds and billions and trillions, wants a relationship with you forever. Does that just blow your mind? God wants a relationship with us. And the circle of love is this place in which we live, in which we move, in which we have our being, and which gives us, and so when we stand at gravesides, this week we'll do it two more times as we stand in caskets and we stand in gravesides. As we stand together, we fight to believe. We fight to believe that we can live as people who have hope. We can have eternal hope. The word hope is not like this. I hope my pen comes down. The word hope in the New Testament is the eager anticipation. So for the sprunks, for the acres, for you, when we close our eyes here, we awaken, and the one who loves us immensely says, welcome home. Welcome home. It's the circle of love. So let me try to review real quickly where I have been these past weeks, if I may. And Jimmy, I have slides three, four, and five. So I began with this quote, and I've used this multiple times, but I began on January 8th with this. What comes into our minds when we think about God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is the most important thing about us. If true, how does this impact our ability to flourish in relationships? So, so you gotta stay with me now, stay with me today. If you believe that God's essence, not identity, if you believe God's essence is love, and no matter what happens to us in this life, can be turned to our good and his glory, if you can believe that, then you can handle anything in life. I'll never forget that it's a funeral for our son. The first thing I said is something like, we decided, Lane and I decided years ago, that we have decided in our minds that no matter what happens to our family, we will believe that God is good. As we buried our son and stood in that rainstorm weeping, we fought to believe that God is good because God is love. So that's what I'm trying to come back. This series is not about sex on the street. Oh, Corver's talking about sex. No, I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about flourishing relationships. Sex is a part of it. 
But more than that, more than our sexuality, it's this eternal relationship that we can have here and now. And I don't know how to, I, I'm, I'm a terrible communicator, but, but hear this one more time. Try, I'm gonna try one more time. This life is practice for how you will live forever. We're practicing here. 60, 70, 80s, 50, Scott, 51, 50, Lisa, Kirk, 27. This, we're practicing for what is to come. So the text is going to start. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. We'll go there in just a moment. Listen to this now. Let me ask you this question. How much is your salvation worth? Let me say it again. How much, how much would you pay for an eternal life with Jesus? I can pay for a new truck, 60,000, 70,000. I know what that costs. I can buy a house, two, three, four, five hundred thousand. I know what that costs. I can buy a candy bar, buy Coke. What's your salvation worth? When your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your son, your daughter is laying in a casket, what's your salvation worth? What's it worth to be part of the circle of love now and forever? And so now we get a chance now to live in this circle now. Now we get to live in it and from it and with each other. And all of a sudden, I watched it yesterday. As we walked out of the emergency room, a group of friends were waiting. And I got to watch the church in action flourish. How does that happen? Because people are absolutely convinced these people, these friends of Steve and Lisa Akers, were convinced that nothing can ever separate them from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, their our Lord. Convinced. Grief, yes, but hope. Next slide. So what I've been trying to say over these past weeks, starting with January 1, Clay talked about one click, one step, one movement toward following more with Jesus. Talked about the circle of love for two weeks, what it means to be in relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I use this sentence, God's essence, not identity, is love. Can I just remind you, my identity is Kevin Corver. I live in Pella, Iowa. My essence, your essence, is you are an eternal being, and you will live somewhere forever, every one of us. Your essence is you are an eternal being, and God's essence is love. He is absolutely so. And then we talked about 1 John God is love. God always wills the good of those he loves. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, follow the way of love, pursue love, go run after love, grasp for love, go for love. The next thing we talked about, talked about submitting to one another, I think it was. Next slide, please. Mutual submission. We talked about elevating friendships. We talked about embracing chastity. Stay in the guardrails. We talked about celebrating celibacy and living out the big story. Well, all that to say, and I, and I, so, uh, I'm trying to figure out how. Yeah. I don't know how to communicate effectively. 
how much urgency I feel for us. I, I carry this incredibly fiery urgency that we together will grow into be a community of people who are convinced that God is love. He wills the good of those he has redeemed. And he invites us to live in the circle of love. What if, what if Turkey happened in Pella? And what will you do if in Turkey 40,000 people died? What if in Pella and one day one or 200 people were killed somehow? How would you respond? Remember my sentence? The way you live now is almost completely controlled by what you believe about the future. So here's my push. Do you believe the future is awesome? Oh, America's going to hell, everything's bad, blah, 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 blah. Can I tell you one more time? The kingdom of God is never in trouble. My dad, as he was dying, said to me, Kevin, my boy, as long as Jesus doesn't fall off the throne, we're okay. We're okay. Now, having said that, I want to talk about circle of love. So can you open your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 4. And I just want to go after the circle of love for a few more minutes and just try to just bring it home. Lyle said something to me between services. How do you do it? How do we do it practically? There are a million ways, and we've tried many here. We'll keep trying, but let's just look at this now. Chapter 4, verse 1. There are about five places in chapters 4 and 5 where the circle of love comes up. So, so let me tell you, make sure, I'm, make sure you're all following me. What's the circle of love? There's a word. I'm using the circle of love instead of the, the dance, the circle, circle, the dance of love. There's a Greek word that talks about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three and one, one and three have this incredible, dynamic, loving, submissive, beautiful, joyful, adventurous, incredible relationship. And out of that, we are invited. Into that, we are invited. So this, what I want to see now, I want you to see how it plays out in practical living from this passage, Ephesians 4 and 5. And look at the top, your heading there is unity and maturity in the body of Christ. And may I have slide real quick now, number six. This is my sentence that comes out of that sentence. This is what I've been trying to say for eight weeks. Unity plus purity leads to maturity. We'll see in just a moment, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. There is a unity that is available in the circle of love. The purity is how we relate to each other. And I've said this, I want to say it one more time. So I'm putting myself on the line here a little bit. But I hope you all think, every man, every woman, every boy or girl, in light of a world where sexuality is being defined in many ways, I want to make this all-inclusive. I hope every single one of you in this church is absolutely certain that I will not abuse you, sexually use you, look at you in demeaning ways, or speak in any way of sexual innuendo about you. Not one person in this church, no one. Why? Because unity is dependent on purity.
If you know I will treat you with respect and honor as a straight man, women, you need to know I do not see you as body parts. You need to know I see you as a sister, a mother, a, sis a brother, a sister-in-law, an aunt. You, you have to believe that. Why? Because if we do not feel pure with each other, we will not be united with each other. If I doubt your purity with me, how do, how do, how do we live a united life together? And this is part of the reason for this series is to say in a flourishing relationships, there is a purity that is available to everyone. Now, quick stop. What if I have been impure? What if last night I was impure? Well, hear the words from Jesus. If you confess your sins, you're faithful and just to be forgiven. Put it behind you. Leave it at the cross and go forward and sin no more. Unity plus purity. And then what happens? We become women and men and boys and girls together who reflect the goodness of God. Okay, beat the dead horse. Chapter 4, verse 1. I want you to look for the Trinity in multiple passages. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. What, so here's my question. What is your salvation worth? Because the word calling in Paul's writings almost always refers to the relationship, eternal relationship with Jesus. Live a life worthy of the calling you've received. What's the calling we have received? Look up at me. The calling you have received is to be invited in the circle of love. Through Jesus. Let me just explain this real quick one more time. I'm, I'm very mindful of death this week because of our church family. Let me just imagine there's a casket right here. The rabbis in Jesus' day taught this, that when a person died, they threw the body, they covered the body with lotions, put it around sheets, and put it in the grave. But the rabbis taught the body of the deceased, of the spirit, floated around for four days because the spirit did not know where to go. So what did Jesus teach? Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to make prepare a place for you. And one of the guys says, well, we don't know the way. And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And so why don't you think about it now? So in that day, here's your spirit. You just died. Here's your spirit. Um, think about this now. Think about Jesus. Circle of love. There's only one person I know of who has been to the highest heaven, who came to this tiny, just a dinky little thing called the earth in one small solar system among hundreds of billions of solar systems. And he lived on that little planet. And then he died. And then he went to hell. Where's hell? And then he came back to the little planet. And then went back to heavens. The rabbis taught, when you die, here's your spirit. What did Jesus say? I know the way. No way where? I know the way home. Why? Because I am the truth. How is that? Because Jesus said, I'm the life. So the story is, 
Jesus says, I'm preparing a place in my Father's house or many rooms. I'm preparing a place for you here. So in the moment that Lisa died yesterday, I believe Jesus said, Lisa Akers, come home. I've prepared a place for you. And he knows the way. Wide is the road that leads to destruction, and many are on it. But narrow is the road that leads to life, and few are on it. And the road that leads to life is the road of love. Let's go back to the passage. Verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another, bearing with one another in love. Now watch, watch for Father, Son, and Spirit. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. You were called to one hope, one anticipation when you were called. What is the hope? The circle of love, the eternal relationship. Oh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all, Father, Son, and Spirit. So here's my question again. How much is your salvation worth? So I can spend bazillion hours on my phone looking at all kinds of fun stuff and doing all kinds of stuff. And a lot of it's good. A lot of it's good. But how much time do I spend thinking about the God, Father, Son, and Spirit, who wants a deep, deep abiding relationship with us. God wants a relationship with you. Not the president, not some famous athlete, not some famous celebrity. God. Could you hear on this? God wants a relationship. Live a life worthy of the calling you've received into that place of love. Let's go a little farther. Look farther down in the passage, chapter 4, verse 17. St. Paul writes, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in understanding and separated from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them do the hardening of their hearts. They've lost all sensitivity. They've given themselves over to sensuality, so indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. Let me just stop for a second. Read that again. They're darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God, because their ignorance has led to a hardened heart. So having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality, to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. But that, however, is not, what, not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him with accordance with the truth that is Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted in its deceitful desires. Look at the next couple of phrases now. To be made new in the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self to be, to be like God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in true right relationships and holiness. We are to put on what we have been given. 
We are to put on, we are to put on love. Remember now, we're not trying to be loving. We're trying to be a people who naturally, readily, easily will the good of others. How does that that happen? Well, we have tried so many things and many of us get different answers. Let me just tell you where I went. How am I longing to live in that place, to be mindful of the calling I've received? So I'll tell you what I did this morning. Three o'clock this morning, I sat here and I thought about this Bronx and this family who I do not know, and I thought about the anchors. And I sat here for four hours by myself, almost four hours. And I just let the things of God come to me however he wanted to send those to me. And then I began to pray however the Lord led me. Now why, why am I telling you this? That's one of many ways you can position yourself to hear, to be invited in, to have a relationship with a God who loves you. What's really interesting, then some studies on some things around hearing, and uh, for a variety of reasons, much tied to all our technologies, the American people are becoming a deaf, D-E-A-F people. The studies are staggering. We're becoming increasingly deaf. And how does the Lord often speak? story last week Sunday in a garage crazy high on crystal meth he heard a voice if you listen to him privately he said it was a voice of love and the voice of love said to Ron today you choose life or death He had to get quiet enough to hear. So I have a wondering, in the midst of grief and loss, could it be that many things get taken away, especially the noise? And then we sit like this, or like this, or like this. And then, we begin to hear Jesus say, I love you. And maybe, maybe, maybe we're starting to believe it. Ron said it just took that one moment and that turned his life around. One moment. One of the things one of our staff, staff uh, of Hebrew always says to me, she's just praying that we're gonna have encounters. 
Let me go back to this Asbury thing in Kentucky. There's nothing magical about this. There's just the presence of the Lord. Can you sense the presence of the Lord? And what those young people are doing, just coming to the altar or staying in their seats, they're beginning to share what they're experiencing in the goodness of God. I experienced that yesterday in the emergency room at the hospital. In all that grief, horrible pain, there was a beauty of the presence of the Lord in such grief. St. Paul says to us, live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. What's the calling? To be sons and daughters, to be invited in, to be adopted, to be loved, to be cherished, to be known, to be blessed now and forever. I need to quit. Can I have number eight, please? I've been waiting eight weeks to share this with you. So, I'm so grateful that Kelly put this together for us. This is what I'm meaning for the last eight weeks. To flourish in love means consenting to God's activity. Surrendering to God's presence and participating in God's intentions. And when those things happen, we flourish. So let me tell you what I'm seeing. On January 1, I've been your pastor for 30 years, and it is amazing to me to watch this happening. Bev Brand, you've been here with me for 30 years. Have you seen this? This is happening. And what I'm watching, us, the spirit moving among us, we are entering increasingly into the place. We're looking like this. More and more of us are consenting to God's activity. More and more of us are surrendering to God's presence. And increasingly, we're participating in God's intentions. So what do you think? For almost 30 years I used this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the goodness, the favor of Jesus, may the love of God our Father, Jesus' Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Spirit, be with you now and always. The reality is I don't need to give that blessing because that's reality. If you are a follower of Jesus, that will be your eternal reality. 
Ain't that good? One more time. I forgot. I got it prompt. Slide. Uh, I'm sorry. Five. Just in a new heaven and new earth. My sentence I started with was the way we live now is almost completely controlled by what you believe about the future. Can I just speak at this? In a new heaven and new earth, we will all be mutually submissive one to the other. In the new heaven and new earth, everyone will be your best friend. Every race, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, because there is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism, there is one God and Father of us all. We will all be chaste. We will all be absolutely pure. And we together will live in the big story. I need umbrella mercy here. So after we left Lisa, I had this fleeting thought run through in my mind. Lord, you want to take me home today? I'm so convinced about the future that I'm ready to die right now because the future is going to be so, so good. Someone's saying, we've got to quit talking. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you love us deeply. So I pray, Lord, as we pray for the Sprongs, as we think about the Zelmers, as we are mindful of the acres, we would be people who, who bless, who care, who honor, who respect, and who love. Would you think about some people in your life right now who desperately need to experience the goodness of God's love? Would you pray for that person by name right now? And if for some reason you feel that you're unworthy of being loved by God, would you just express that and ask him to override your resistance? Today in your heart of hearts, would you ask the Lord to express his love to you? So we bless you, Lord, and we thank you. We have 10,000 reasons to bless your name. Today we thank you that you bless, and we bless you for calling us into the circle of love. So hear our thanks, know of our praise, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.